I just took a drink of oh. Pepsi. There's not much left, but... Oh, one thing I didn't mention for the Alaska episode is that I discovered Coke Starlight. Have you had any more of that? Yeah, I bought it <laughs> since. I saw it a few times and thought about buying it for you because I didn't know how <laughs> rare it was. I can only find it in gas stations, though. Really? <laughs> it's not like in stores anymore? If it is, I haven't seen it. This is Monsteropolis, a show about legends, anomalies, and monsters. I am your host this week, Andy Matsky. Thanks for tuning in. Um, I'm joined by Heather Mosier. Hello. Researcher extraordinaire uh, for Small Town Monsters. Yay. Um, and this week we are responding to you, the viewer. Slash you, and, listener. And your YouTube comments to various oh, yeah, YouTube STMBN comments. productions. Uh, <laughs> this includes Monsteropolis, the show you're watching right now, The Lore You Know, mm-hmm. Heather Moser's wonderful show, mm-hmm. and Sasswit. Yay. I think there's a few Sasswit comments. We're doing this because Heather said no to my idea of doing an episode all about the Lumineers concert. That I went to. <laughs> she said they probably wouldn't find that uh, interesting on our Bigfoot show, or right. on our cryptid show. Yeah, yeah. And like relevance. Andy, it's like, okay, it fine, but if you want to learn more about my Lumineers concert that I went to, mm-hmm. or they also, Camp was also there, if you want to know more. Yeah, and it, or if any of you from Camp or Lumineers are watching. Hi. Hi. <laughs> DM me. I have a favor I need to ask you. <laughs> um, so, we also, we just oh. came back from the first ever Small Town Monsters crew retreat mm-hmm. yep what you recorded retreat <laughs> okay. um that was you want to talk a little bit about that yeah that um we were at faith mountain um in, which is at the middle of nowhere um it's almost in west in, virginia in west virginia literally pro- i mean not literally but pretty darn close to the center of the state um as in you lose cell service an hour before you get there. And then if you want to use your phone, people there was like a daily ride to go to local Wi-Fi yeah. to like check things. I refused to participate in that. I just phoned down, I'm done. Um, but yeah, it was great because we had, we had a lot of people with us. It was a good crew. Um, we had Seth Breedlove. Local celebrity. <laughs> local celebrity Seth Breedlove. We had Zach. Jason, um, Courtney, of course, and Andy, mm-hmm. Mark, I was there, Shannon Legro, we got her in, Alex, Eli, Brandon Dalo, Adam Dugan, and Andrew Smith stopped by mm-hmm. from the Flatwoods Monster Museum. Um, I didn't miss anybody, did I? Nope, I think that was okay. Good, because I had that's feel a real lot bad. of that's almost the entire Small Town Monsters crew. Yeah. Collected in one place. Yeah. And it was so fun to see everybody. Mm-hmm. I didn't know Brandon was going to be there for sure until yeah. I saw Brandon there. Yeah. I could have asked him, sure, but I saw him <laughs> and I was like, He's oh. like, I'm going to roll the dice. Um, and somehow we pretty much all got there around the same time, which was also really mm-hmm. weird. Like, oh, I think within an hour or so. Yeah, we didn't coordinate except Alex. that at all. <laughs> no. Well, no, not really. I mean, yeah. Yeah. My dad and I just sort of showed up. Yeah. One point. Yeah. Um. But Alex drove all the way from New Hampshire. Because that's what, that's what Alex, Alex Petikoff does. does. <laughs> the wonderful man that he is. <laughs> but that was that was fun. A very relaxed time. Very little. 
uh, work related, just mm-hmm. us all enjoying, yep, and spending good. time with each other and relaxing because when we are on these shoots together, yeah, kind of stressful. Yeah, it's sort of, and it's you, usually go go go. Yeah, so there was lots of naps, lots of napping. Yeah, um, cornhole. We played cornhole, and let me tell you what, Andy's the best. Mm-hmm. Um, see, there, uh, Brandon sucks. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so. <laughs> Brandon and Courtney yep. were partners and um, there had been some comments about my skills and I was frustrated. So I had requested that someone come assist me to help beat Brandon specifically because he was the one that was mm-hmm. running his mouth. And I Brand- called Andy yeah. down and Andy's like, what is the, what are we doing? And I said to thoroughly whoop Brandon and Andy said, okay. And we beat him 21 to nothing. Mm-hmm. Hmm. We did it. Boom. Yeah. Mic drop. Yep. Yeah. Just good old fashioned cornhole. Yeah. And being an Ohio boy, I sort of know how to handle myself in those situations. Yeah. And yeah. And this one. The bean and the cornhole <laughs> things themselves are really, really close to each other. They were pretty close. So. Be- well, they were really close easy. because we were on a hill. Yeah. And they, but they were also slanted because we were on a hill. Yeah. So as Eli said the one time, he was, he's like, I need to calibrate, um, <laughs> <clears throat> because it did take a moment to get to get the yeah. hang of it. But. Um, yeah, there were walking pads, which I didn't go on. Uh, they were nice. They were really nice. They, were they weren't really exceptionally long, but they mm. were pretty nice. Yeah. My dad and I went on them a few times. We got to see a really awesome storm play in yeah. the rain. Um, and mm-hmm. then the weather actually cooled down the last day. So that was yeah. nice. It was a really, I don't know if I like, I made this comment around you, but the trip was really nice for me. Um, and like, there's a funny feeling that it was sort of um, really in a really nice way long. Mm-hmm. I mean, like someone asked me, like, was it short compared to Alaska? And the answer is no, because I had just been on like two couple day long trips. So yeah. by the time we were like through our first day, full day, I was like, du- like not done, but my brain was like, this is the end of the trip. But then yeah. we had like a couple days more and it was really nice to just sort of sit and relax for a couple days and, mm-hmm. you know, chat with some people who I hadn't talked to in a while. Brandon Dalo and I had a few really good conversations. Yeah. Heather Moser and I had some really good conversations. Got to catch up with my dad because I've been yeah. really busy. That's true. <laughs> I mean, like we were under the same roof, but <laughs> got to catch up on like a lot of things. And that was really nice. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. And um, the, the their food that was made was fantastic. Yes. Really, really um, good. And then um, Andy and I had to guard Oreos. Yeah. So okay. So it's time we them. we set the record straight. Uh, Heather Moser and I had a pact um, to hide as many Oreos <laughs> and keep them safe as possible because <laughs> if Oreos are just left out, they disappear. Yeah. The first package was gone after the first night. Yep. A whole package. And so and we, that wasn't us. We didn't even hide the package, but we had the one package of Oreos downstairs. That was mm-hmm. our package of Oreos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And somebody let the cat out of the bag. Mark? Yeah, my dad let the cat out of the bag. Oh, there's another pack downstairs. Him just being nice. Said it with a <laughs> smile on his face. As Mark Batsky does. Yeah, he's, he's so nice and pleasant about everything. Let the cat out of the bag, and then that package was discovered. So then we had to improvise. Mm-hmm. And you know what? The Oreos did last until right before we left. Yep. Uh, I won't give away any of our secrets, and, <laughs> and people sort of might have caught on, but they don't know the details. They don't know the details, That's and I right. think we kept it on our like we kept it ambiguous enough that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's not quite proven or disproven. 
that we did. <laughs> and my favorite part was um, someone was not upset. They were like, they were joking around. Yeah, yeah. About like the fact that, you know, the Oreos are all gone and people must be hiding Oreos. <laughs> As this was going on, Heather hands me an Oreo that she had, <laughs> you know, stashed somewhere. And her and I both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we played it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we had them. I mean, like in a some stash. of them. No, 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 not in the pockets. It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter where they were. It does if you ate them. No, it doesn't. Listen, I mean, it's we're fine. feeling fine. We're good. It's been long enough. <laughs> but yeah, that's what's so funny. As, they were secret as, and safe. As Alex, it wasn't. As Alex was like losing his mind that last, I guess I just said his name. But like, as Alex was losing his mind that last day, <laughs> it was yeah. it was in the next the last morning we were there. Yeah, we're sitting on the couch. I remember distinctly this was a coffee kind of conversation. And yes, then, I yeah, just handed yeah, handed and, like, Andy. I, we were both like munching on the last ones that we had. Yeah. And he was like, oh, "There was a full pack down there," which was not true. And no, no, that's not true. true. There wasn't a full he pack. Was like, There's a full pack downstairs. Someone must have eaten them all. Which that also wasn't even true. We had just like. That's true because when I when the package downstairs was discovered and Seth brought them upstairs, I went to Andy and I said, "There's some, we have to save some for us, or they won't be there till morning." And so Andy went and retrieved an Oreo. There were three left by the time that happened. Andy took one and ate it right then, yep. and then I hid the other two so that we could have them for breakfast. And we did. Mystery solved. <sighs> yeah, we're coming clean on Monstropolis. Yeah. Speaking of coming clean. There's yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There there is something else that I suppose I could fess up to. What this time? It deals with dip. Oh. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> you want to okay. come come here like around. Yeah. So we get <laughs> Okay. So so here's here's the deal. There is um this amazing recipe that Courtney has for uh, corn dip. Yeah. It's my favorite. It um, favorite. And there would be times where I would have Courtney make extra when she would come over so mm -hmm. that the next day that could be my meal for all day, like through all three meals, corn dip. Mm -hmm. um, so Courtney was all excited. And she told me, hey, I got corn dip. I'm going to make it. I'm like, yay, great. And she made it. And then she's like, okay, it's got to be in the fridge for a while <laughs> because the... <laughs> it's got to be in the fridge for a while yeah, because so, peppers can get it in so all the flavors can mix or whatever. She put it in the fridge and they finished covered it. Covered it. Yeah, I know. Put it in the covered it. Put it in the fridge. All that stuff, and then made the queso. I think, and then the queso. Seth made the queso, and then it had to go in the fridge. Anyway, then, then they went on a Wi-Fi run. And <laughs> <laughs> they went down the hill to get <laughs> the bucket of Wi-Fi. <laughs> they went on a Wi-Fi run, and as soon as I heard the car turn on and back out, I opened the fridge door and I looked, and I didn't see it. And I'm like, "What they is put going it in on?" The fridge in the basement. Oh, I know, because I found it. When I didn't see it upstairs, I'm like, "She put it in the basement," and I thought she probably either did it. She could have done it because of saving space but also probably because she didn't want me to get it i was lazy okay so you went down anyway so space. i didn't want to clean out the oh, okay fridge. so i went downstairs i got it i snapshot it in my mind exactly how it looked wrapped <laughs> brought it upstairs sat it down on the counter opened it up and started eating it and i was witnessed by <laughs> I a couple here for any of this. A, a, a couple stm members were there in present and saw it some even participated in it with me 
Then... Because at dinner time when I opened it, it was like gangbusters. It was gone before the taco. Well, but see, done. here's what I did. Yeah, because, yeah, see, this is also... I knew that people were going to love it, and I wouldn't have a shot to have as much as I deserve, so I had to have some first. So anyway, ate a bunch, and then was like, okay, we're getting to a point where it's going to be obvious stuff was taken. We stopped eating. <laughs> I smoothed it over with the spoon and then put the spoon back in, covered it up, took it back downstairs, and then I went to take a nap. Courtney comes in, gets it out, so gleefully knocks on the door. Corn dip's ready. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, yeah. And then everyone else who was involved in this, and I'm not going to reveal anything, Everybody acted surprised whenever <laughs> it was time yeah, for corn dip. Everybody was like, oh, They're I've like, never had this before. Oh, the so dip bad. is out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there we go. Yeah, Listen, I wasn't there for any of those. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't there for any of those activities. But, but I, I was quickly him. told afterwards and like had to like keep my composure at the fact that some people had gone like, oh, I've never had this before. Let me try. <laughs> Well, everybody was a very good actor. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's really, really good dip, yeah. too. It, it is good dip, and it was gone. I mean, some people got seconds of the tacos and stuff. The corn dip was gone by the end of the first yeah. round. Oh, yeah. Yeah, see? So I knew. I knew it would go yeah, fast. I need to send Shannon that recipe still, too. Yeah. Do that. Anyway, so uh, that's it. That You know, coming clean about some stuff. <clears throat> and uh, Courtney knew better, really, than to leave me alone with corn dip in the house. I wasn't could have tried i'd have broken it i'd have picked the lock yes when they went on their wi-fi track for the day i was like "Ooh, time time to take the yep. corn dip but anyway so yeah it, the retreat was good it was fun Su- successful yeah mm-hmm. bonding yep definitely what we learned is that heather and i make packs whenever <laughs> we can <laughs> when it comes to food when it comes listen. to food and the northern lights that's right <laughs> That's right. We um, each other's backs. So this episode's all about reading comments. Mm-hmm. Um, our first one, I feel like we've touched on this before. What but, is this on? Um, I have no clue what this was from. Okay. All right. I, I will not know what these are from. Uh, okay. Okay. But um, it says, coming from my own experience and encounters I believe people are overlooking, an important aspect or ability of Sasquatch that has likely regressed in humans the ability to detect and decipher one's intentions. It won't matter if you are out there fake camping or banging on trees and whooping. If you're out there with the intent to expose them, you'll only get so far. They're already ahead of you with the outcome of the situation. Okay. So this reminds me of an interview we did very recent. Nope. It wasn't super recently. It's just that I was doing the transcripts. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but for the... Uh, what will soon be Sasquatch unearthed for Chestnut Ridge, that one of the people uh, we talked to brought up the point that they believe very similarly um, in that Sasquatch would be observing humans long enough to understand intent. Um, And they would be able to hide themselves enough to to evaluate all of that. But also, um, yeah, they they can just stand back and watch and yeah if they know that it's going to be a problem i suppose that's why hunters probably don't see them all that often maybe see i i don't know i have an interesting like opinion on this and i'm not saying that you're wrong all these comments i appreciate yeah and our your opinion i mm-hmm. don't want to negate anything it's just bigfoot researchers have heard and seen things that's true people i trust that's true in this in this 
community. And mm-hmm. that's a big thing I've realized recently is people you trust and can trust have seen things. Um, and that people who are out there fake camping or whatever you want to call it, you know, just going out in the woods with the hopes of running across one of these things. Yeah. There's been plenty of times where they've experienced things. That's true. Um, whether, I mean, I guess you're taking a big assumption with what I'm about to say, but um, Roger Patterson and Bob Gimlin were out to find yeah. a Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Um, now, certainly there can be Bigfoots that, like, slip up and aren't as keen to, you know, yeah. if, if we're taking that. Um, I do think, you know, when thinking about can Bigfoot, you know, tell what you're doing out in the woods, um, I think a, a main element of that has to be, I think that they, and this is sort of just coming to me now, they have to observe you. Yeah, right, <laughs> They have exactly. to be able to see you. Yeah. Um, unless you want to say, and I don't know if this person's commenting that, I'm not saying they're even close to saying this, really. But unless you can say that Bigfoot can just sort of detect that in the air. Oh, I see. But I don't think they're saying that. It's like they literally would have to observe you, which means mm-hmm. they'd have to get close enough to be mm-hmm. seen. So is it once they see and observe your intentions that they get out of there? I wouldn't put it past, you know, to say that, I mean, this must be an intelligent animal. Does that intelligence extend to, you know, this ability to um, see what someone's doing and recognize it and get out and that they tell, tell and teach their young ones to avoid people like that? Yeah. Maybe. I think it depends on where, too, because you can't have a Bigfoot in a place like Minerva. Mm Mm-hmm. Or like anywhere that's not Alaska, Pacific Northwest, major wilderness, that it's, they come across people. They must come across people. Mm-hmm. And so the teaching cannot, can't really be, you see a, a human, you detect their intention, and you get out of <laughs> right. there <clears throat> right. immediately. Yep. I don't, don't think the habitat allows for that, mm-hmm. where you need a Bigfoot creature it can't just crisscross places, especially in a place like Ohio. Right. There are so many people with the intention to go out and find them. Yeah. That sightings would completely stop. Mm-hmm. It's sort of my weird two cents with that comment to continue on. It's like, yeah. I don't think, and I'm not saying they're wrong. Like, mm-hmm. I kind of, like, think that's that makes sense. Like, if you if you are out doing very Bigfoot hunting things out in one place or too long, the sightings will probably slow down, or your interaction with these things mm-hmm. probably slow down. Mm-hmm. But also, they must know something we are d- like. They must be smarter than we think because it seems like there are cases where they do stick around, yeah. but just not with in the places that have you know cameras and you know right. re- audio recording and things like that. Mm-hmm. Well, there was something that. Uh I don't know if this made it on the latest episode of uh, the Bigfoot Project or not, but when Cliff was around, he brought up a theory that if you place, like, um, trail cams, if you place them on something that's already human-made, that might be more helpful because Mm -hmm. they're aware that this is a human-made structure. It's going to look weird. It's going to sound weird versus something suddenly on a tree where you have this organic thing and then all of a sudden there's this machine there. But anyway, just... <clears throat> they pay attention. That's what this comes down mm-hmm. to. I th- they must. Yeah. But what do they do once they pay attention? Yeah. Is sort of, I mean. Well, I've even been in the woods and seen deer pop up that they get startled, of course. Mm-hmm. And 
I've seen two different, well, three different reactions. One, they either just take off immediately, white tail in the air. Uh, two, they stop and stare at you for a while. And this isn't even driving. They just do, they do that with cars, period. But in the woods, just me. Stand there and watch to see what I'm doing first. Or three, if it's a mother with uh, the babies around, then I've heard her do this, like, snorting thing that is, I don't mm-hmm. know what, I don't know if it's trying to intimidate me or if she's trying to warn them or what it is, but, um, you know, different reactions based on how they, a deer has interpreted the scenario. And I would imagine that Bigfoot is more intelligent than a deer. You'd think. Yeah, anyway. Um, this next comment, I'm just going to read a sentence, well, two sentences of it. Okay. There are a lot of Sasquatch stories on the internet. This must be from a Sasquatch episode. Okay. Anybody who doesn't believe in Sasquatch is living in denial because it makes them uncomfortable. Now, I have an interesting answer for this because this is sort of what it's made me think of. Um, not all of my friends are into the Bigfoot subject. Mm-hmm. So I frequently get questions about what I think of all this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they go like, you know, after a while, it'll come like the question will come like, do you really you know, think these things are out there? Right. My answer is yes. I do think these things are out there. But that's because I've been to the nest site and I've talked to a lot of people. Right. Face to face. Yeah. Um, the nest site really did it because there's no reason for those things to be there. And what it necessitates for something to have to make those things doesn't make any sense for it to be a person. Mm-hmm. But what I've realized a lot recently and it's sort of like swaying my opinion, not necessarily on the subject, but on, on the the object of, you know, do I think they're real or not? Mm-hmm. But the subject itself is how easy it is to just make things up about this subject. And it's something that yeah. sort of, if you're a believer, mm-hmm. you don't talk about. But I'm tired of that because <laughs> it, like, it occurred to me and I've just, I mean, since our last recording. But it's like... There's so much, it's so easy to lie about Bigfoot stuff, like sightings in general, things you've experienced, all that. It's mm-hmm. so easy mm-hmm. to manipulate the area around you to make it the squatchiest place on earth that like you, you have to be very careful about what information you trust. Right. Um, this is not from any like experience of finding out people are lying, but right. it's just it's just the idea that Bigfoot stories can kind of be anywhere, and you can mm-hmm. make them fit kind of anywhere. Mm-hmm. And if you are a quote unquote you know investigator or expert, mm-hmm. you can spew out whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with the investigators I've come across recently or anything like that. Yeah, it's just that can happen. We are in a, in a field where that can happen. So if people are in denial about these things exist, existing, I don't think stories on the internet, I mean, as a current story on the internet, are the solution to their the denial and belief. Yeah. Because especially with the internet, mm-hmm. it is so easy to just make up stories. And that really hurts the cause. Yeah. Um, I think you need to scoot over a little bit more. Because you scooted for Courtney and now you're at the edge of the frame. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so the, as far as, like, the internet maybe not be the best argument for anything. But um, 
this is also one of those things where I, I kind of go along the line of until you experience something anyway, unless you already have a belief in it mm-hmm. or whatever. If you have an opinion that it exists, then, then that's fine. But um, until you experience something with it, you may not believe it. Even the people that have experienced it, um, some of them are are ruined. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it just ruins their lives. Others will go the other route if they become obsessed with it and then they become the researchers and they want to mm-hmm. see it again and figure it out. But then others, it's just, that's it. They don't want to talk about it again. They don't want to experience it. They, they don't want to know what it was. Yeah. Um, so, but until you actually have a, an experience with something like that, I just don't, if you're a hardcore skeptic, I don't see anybody yeah. getting turned to believe regardless of how many stories. Yeah, it's just we're dealing with such a, whether we like it or not, complex thing. That it's like, and that's sort of part of why I brought up like when I explained this to my friends. I don't ever expect or to go out and sway any Mm -hmm. of their opinions. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, I can tell them where I've been and what I've experienced, which is very, very little. Yeah. But until, you know, like you're saying, they go out in a spot, and then all of a sudden something that couldn't shouldn't quite be happening starts to happen. Yeah. Then you can't expect them to think anything else because mm-hmm. it is it also is a fairly ridiculous idea. <laughs> right. Like it doesn't make much sense. Yeah. And yet, stories pop up. There is, you know, footprints are still found mm-hmm. and things like that. It's, and yet the the mystery persists. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I think we're good. Yeah. Um, someone asked, um, what I want to know is how did Mr. Matsky leave the cupcake in front of him for the last couple of videos? <laughs> he, has a, Mark he has could... more willpower than I do. <laughs> That's he true. He just sat, I don't know. Oh, I know how. We talked about this. Because he has the same anxiety I do with eating in front of a camera or in front of a lot of people where you may get pieces stuck in your teeth and nobody tells you. So even though I ate my cupcake, I made sure that I found a mirror before we went back to filming um, to make sure that that didn't occur. But I'm pretty sure that that's what Mark told me is yeah. he didn't want stuff stuck in his teeth. I think he also brought that cupcake home to my mom. I don't think he <gasps> ate it in the end. Yep. That's so sweet. Memory serves, right? Good job, Mark. Um, this person commented on one of the giant episodes of, of Monsteropolis. Mm-hmm. It's my problem with the giant stories. If they were true, we would still be finding those giant bones today. But that does not seem to be the case. Uh, yeah, we find them, and then the Smithsonian takes them away. You just don't hear about it because they cover it up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's a f- halfway... I think a bigger problem should be um, that we don't have any of the giant bones that were dug up. Because the government took them. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I think, if you want to say we don't have them now, I think we should have some from back then. But yeah. also... They disintegrated upon air touching them. Yeah. Or the government took them away. That's always the story. That's how it I works. think there's su- it's such interesting... I don't think that they're saying this, but I think they're just such interesting stories regardless that mm-hmm. they, they continue to capture my interest. And yeah. I continue to make you and my dad talk about them as frequently as I can because yeah. it's... It's something I didn't hear about for the longest time and something that happened. It's one of the few subjects that's happening everywhere. Yeah. And in wide variation, mm-hmm. too. 
um, where it's either really creative people coming up with really creative stories or it's something actually happening. Right. And I just, I don't know. I find it really interesting I, I don't that those stories exist because there's something so, um, you know, as old as, as long as people have been telling stories, there's been stories of giants. Yes. And it was a sort of a, a modern, a more modern take on that. Mm-hmm. About as modern as you get. Yeah. Um, and plus it ties in so much with like early America. Mm-hmm. I love those stories. Like America sort of like starting off or like midway through, you know. Yeah. That I just, I, those stories are so, so interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Agreed. This person says you're confusing a cleaver with a butcher knife. It's in the episode where we talk about um, the ghost, the giant headless ghost. Because oh. someone said it had a butcher okay, knife. Okay, that's fine. But and I wanna, was I reading the article though? Because I might have just. Been I think you were just reading. Yeah, and so that's cleavers a cleaver. Are fat. Yeah, cleavers are fat. And what's a butcher knife though? Because this is on me. Because oh, I think. I, I, I think, guess I, in my mind, kind of butcher knives are probably not as. I got the same pictures. No. I think the difference is that the blade, like, that's a cleaver, right? Yeah. But I so looked up, like a butcher knives and cleavers are the same thing. Okay, but it doesn't, I, it doesn't matter, really. Um, it was a ghost, not me, that was holding it. Um, yeah, it was just a big knife of sorts. A mm-hmm. big cutting instrument, that enough to decapitate something. Crazy. That's such a good story. Yeah. Um, this person says, heck, every time someone has an encounter, they run away like schoolgirls. When you run away from creatures like this, you still in, you instill confidence in them that they are dominant over the species. <laughs> Just once, I'd like to see these grown men armed with high-powered rifles stand their ground instead of running away like little sissy, like a little sissy. All right. Calm down. So I think this was probably on a sass what like because we talked about hunters. And yeah. Okay. Let's just chill for a sec, <laughs> because just because you Act have like a, men, uh, uh, <laughs> just because you have a weapon on you doesn't mean that it would negate the shock that you would feel in the moment of seeing something that's anywhere from seven to twelve feet tall on a giant ape in the woods. And even in like you, your woods. Yeah, and there are people that have shot at them if you believe all the stories anyway. But there's also been plenty of hunters that have said they were going to shoot it, and when they looked at it, it was too human-like. And that, therefore, is almost like I'm about to kill a person, mm-hmm. and they couldn't do it. Um, but yeah, when you're going out trying to hunt deer or turkeys or something, and you run into that, I, what do you want them to do? I, I don't... Yeah, I think... I'm not surprised by it. If the Sasquatch was coming to attack them, maybe that would kick in the instinct mm-hmm. to shoot, to save yourself, but... You just have to think of how foreign that object is in yeah. any surrounding here. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it. you hear so many stories of people being scared seeing these things. It's like, what else would they do? It's <laughs> like, especially if you're someone, and there's a lot of these stories where it's like hunters, they're either people who only heard about it in stories mm-hmm. or hadn't heard really about it. And then all of a sudden they're having a face-to-face encounter with one of these things. Yeah. And this it's, is, it's shattering your worldview is what's happening right there. Mm-hmm. It's, so I don't think, 
Yeah, and if if you've heard the story of Ape Canyon, I don't think the high-powered rifle might oh, be yeah. the best idea. Oh, yeah, that's another thing that we've heard before from many witnesses is uh, for this or anything like dog man or whatever, which some people argue is a misidentification of a Bigfoot or whatever. But you see these massive creatures, and pretty much everybody we've talked to has said, I wouldn't want to be out there with anything short of an elephant gun. Even then I would be iffy. Yeah. Um, they're just so, so massive. I mean, yeah. So. I mean, you can't just be out there with any gun and kill a bear. Yeah. Like a, like a grizzly. Mm-hmm. Like, so let's. And even sorry. if you shoot at like a grizzly and don't hit the right spot, you're you're dead. You're done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless you have bells. Yep. And then you go ding ding ding, and they go no, <laughs> and they Christmas. get up and they run away. <laughs> don't take our word for that. Yeah. We don't don't do that. Please. Don't seek out bears. Yeah. Just don't brown do lie down. Remember, remember, right? If it's black, right. fight back. If it's brown. But is down. that true, or did yeah. somebody make that up? To I might have okay. made that up. I don't remember. All right. Alaska. What a about bear. white? All of a sudden, polar bears—they're just out of the mix. You don't even know. Can't say. White, don't fight. Just. It's white. You, you, I. You white. Um. Okay. This comment says Mark, who's not here. I'll, I'll be, I'll serve for my dad. Mark, A plus as always. Heather, 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 Heather. You're starting to grow on me. Oh, if you boy. keep this up, you may just reach gold ring mark star status oh, man. too. How <laughs> how does it feel <laughs> knowing that you're like I'm this is me, this is never how my dad would act. <laughs> that like the standard <laughs> is my dad. And you're you're getting there. Yeah. You're just not <laughs> I'm not quite there yet. I get it. Because I hold Mark in very high esteem. <laughs> we all do. Like. So I totally understand that. This is, yeah, no, I've, I've. Let me defend Heather yeah. for a second. My Thank dad's you. been podcasting for a while. Mm-hmm. And before he was podcasting, he was, and still is preaching. So he has been public speaking ah, that, for that like ever, <laughs> for at least 20 some years. Yeah. That's been his profession. Mm-hmm. And so when he comes with us, he come in and he comes and does the like, you know, sort of like just fun, laid back, relaxed version of what he does all the time. Yeah, it's true. And so that's not knocking Heather. It's just he has years and years and years of experience mm-hmm. of making very complex things very simple. Yeah. And so when it comes to barely complex things, making them simple. He's sort of got it. Yeah. He's, and he is very, very good with his words. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Heather is also very good with her words. It's just Thank this you. takes a lot. Yeah. She's just been podcasting for less than a year. Yeah. That's true. And look how good she is. Thank you. She puts me Thanks. to shame sometimes. That's not true. That's true. Um. Let me, I had one more. I have a few more, actually. Um. Can't help but wonder if the increased interest in cryptids is inadvertently creating... Tulpas. Now, that sure would be cool, but I just don't know if that's true. But what if it was? Imagine a world where the more people who got interested in cryptids, the more cryptids there were. Mm -hmm. Like new cryptids were just popping up in like other areas of the country. That's crazy. That'd be awesome. I wish that was the case. Um, yeah. So this just, this first you have to go down the line of whether you believe in tulpas or not. 
And that's a hard line for people. Some people are absolutely not, don't believe in tulpas. If you, the idea of the tulpa is that you believe in it, mm-hmm. enough people, collective energy goes into something, a thought, that it becomes real. Um, Slender Man is like the tulpa, I think, that should come to mind first. Um, and I mean, maybe that's true, sort of. Um, I, I Tulpas are interesting, and I don't doubt I don't doubt tulpas, I guess. But when it comes to cryptids, like Bigfoot, then you'd have to stray away from... I don't know, man. I don't know. That's tough because... It's it's a weird... I mean, you you would think that if the whole... The more people are thinking about it, the more chance you have of it becoming real. Things like Mothman and things like that would be seen Oh, all that's the true. Time. Yeah, I forgot. Mothman's... Like Mothman's almost more popular. He's like a like, celebrity yeah. now. Um, but maybe it has to do with intention too. Like, is the idea with the tulpa that you're trying to get it to manifest? Mm-hmm. So well, then, maybe why can't we all just try to manifest Bigfoot? Bigfoot. What if we try right now? No. Oh, oh well. Okay. <laughs> this person says all these monsters are shape shifting ETs per a well known psychic medium. Makes a lot of sense to me and certainly explains the existence of Bigfoot given their ability to cloak and, and oh, there is two ants, <laughs> and and instantly disappear through portals. They're ETs, shapeshifters, psychic medium. Told. Yeah. What about a different dimension, though? What if there is like a the portals in yeah. another dimension, like a parallel? Ultra terrestrials. That's I it. The That's the word. Popularized by John Keel. Um. I don't know. I think I certainly enjoy the idea of all these creatures come from one source mm-hmm. and they're just one thing taking different forms. Yeah. It's a really, really, really fun idea mm-hmm. and a really convenient idea. Mm-hmm. But you're answering a mystery with another mystery. Yeah, that's. And yeah. you can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think it's really it's an interesting idea. I don't, like, discount that idea. Mm -hmm. Um, The issue that I constantly face in my love of cryptids is that I think that they are real flesh-and-blood animals, but my favorite stories come from the Chestnut Ridge. Oh. And, like, that's my favorite area to look into. That's all weird. Yeah, those don't connect at all. Mm -mm. So. um, I think it comes to we don't know. Yeah. Maybe. It could be a source of some or all. It would be an interesting answer. It would be a fun way to find out about other dimensions and things like that if we found out about them through this subject. So here's the thing about aliens that's come to my mind over the years. When somebody brought up, and I don't remember, this was a while ago, people were talking about that on Earth we all have certain things that are similar because of the environment. We have to be made a certain way like just to survive. But when we talk about aliens usually if we're depicting them they look similar to us they've got usually uh they walk upright they've got two Mm -hmm. hands and bigfoot is very similar to us so would that indicate then that either say they're aliens they're either changing their form so they look more like us or they're from a planet that is very similar to ours and then they took the time to come here why why because the, they, they'd be coming from really far away, mm-hmm. at least from our understanding. 
maybe we don't understand everything. Yeah, that's I mean, really, I know we I don't like understand that. everything, but maybe, we, hey, maybe we don't. Maybe. <laughs> <don't have> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's a really good point. I real, I really hadn't thought of that, and probably wouldn't have thought of that in a million years. But like, yeah, a lot of our environment and a lot of what is going on is because we have to, you know, be in similar situations, yeah. and so the fact that these alternate dimensional, uh, extraterrestrial or alternate dimensional creatures mm-hmm. just so happen to be from somewhere that's at least similar. Yeah. I mean, to, for there to be life, I guess there would have to be a similar... Life as we round. would understand yeah. it. But still, Heather yeah. Moser just destroyed your argument in all of similar it? ones. Boom. Kaboom. Not my intention. I think that's it. All right. For this week's episode, guys. Hey. Um, we got Monster Fest coming up June 3rd 2023 mm-hmm. we got american werewolves it comes american out july werewolves. 5th yeah july 5th of this year pre-order it now dvd blu-ray i think right mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep mm-hmm. um write us letters leave us comments this counts as the same thing but if you want to write us a letter it's monstropolismail at gmail.com mm-hmm. uh, we'd love to read your your letters yeah um hope you enjoy this week's episode we'll be back next week with- hey